0: football on off the ball um, people's miss is far more red than others yeah shout out to Benny anyway it might not have been him but he's definitely someone that you'd have to try and follow along with but his red mist was a lot thicker than others anyway join in the obsession subscribe now at off the ball.com forward slash join
1: ziba going on his own he gets the try
2: the red 78 we're both monster people gets over the line.
0: Try for monster. nobody knows monster rugby better Hello and welcome to the Red Seventy Eight a Monster Podcast for Monster fans. My name is Rory O'Hagan. We certainly have a lot to discuss on the show today, as Monster's unbeaten start comes to an end. There's a grand final rematch on the horizon, and a Monster legend calls it a day. And speaking of Monster legends, I have two of them right here in front of me now: in Fiona Hayes and Alan Quinlan, lads. How are you, Grace?
1: Grace? Well, I'm a bit tired, but uh, I'm, I'm surviving.
0: She was gallivanting, Quinny, for the weekend.
2: She was off in New York, yes. Um she looks a bit a bit fatigued there. Um, that's a bit insulting, is it? But i um, no, she was off in her travels. Uh spreading the Monster Gospel in New York for the weekend. Whereas uh I actually wasn't doing any commentaries this weekend. I watched uh, watched the game Friday night yeah. in, in um uh I can't say enjoyed it and then Saturday night I was down in Ennis um down in the inn in Dramold and oh, yeah. celebrating in Ennis' centenary celebration. Nice. So it was a nice night. It was lovely. Uh, Tony Butler was there, um, who obviously played the week before. Ethan Cochran and Conor Maloney, the two other lads that have played with Munster. Um, Ethan played the first two games this season and a few last year. Conor Maloney, if you think back to that Wasps match two years ago over in, in Wasps, he was involved yeah. in that. Mm. Um, so yeah, three three of representatives from Ennis and uh, in the men's and three women as well. You probably know the girls, Alana McInerney, oh, yeah, Colby and Ailish Cahill. Um, I'm coaching so them brilliant. all.
1: I'm coaching them all. Yeah. I have them in a, in an hour now. I'll, I'll <laughs> tell them, "You said hello."
2: <laughs> yeah, no, but it's lovely to go to a club like that—a celebration. Um, it's difficult in junior rugby, and I'm mm. sure lots of people are involved in junior clubs to get teams, right? Get underage players going. Get the women's game going. Um, and to have three girls there playing for Munster is a lovely thing for, for um for Ennis. Um, uh Emer Constantine was there, yeah. she spoke as well, so it was lovely to meet Emer. She's on her crew shit at the moment. Yeah. Um which is unfortunate. But that was that was my weekend and uh, yeah I can't I, If Briggsy was here I'd be slagging her About Tottenham lose, Losing <laughs> <the world. laughs> Yeah And Liverpool Beating Brentford But look yeah. you, Who do you say Are you a
1: Liverpool I'm a
2: Liverpool fan
0: know. Oh, sorry fan? That, yeah. we're going to hear lo-
2: that We're going to lose Listeners now Are wrote <laughs> yeah. <a U> United
0: <laughs> <laughs> us uh, No I'm a Cork City fan So I spent the weekend And morning oh. after They were relegated <laughs> Last Friday That's night That's their relegation oh. uh, yeah. So it's been Heartbreaking yeah. my house But um, the big question is Quinny Fiona what did you bring Back for Alan and me From New York
1: Um <laughs> Absolutely nothing, lad. Sorry, I barely brought myself <laughs> back at this stage. Um,
2: it you was
1: near. <laughs> yeah, I watched it, I watched the game over now. I will say that. So it was uh, a different hmm. type of atmosphere. I got, I, I threw on, I saw the second half and I watched the first half then when I got home. So, look, I brought, um, uh, some uh, wisdom back to you from, from New York what, their wisdom to me was why aren't you watching American football is what they told me
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get to that Munster game in just a little bit first though Fiona plenty of comments uh, generated from uh, from Queenie Sweet yesterday certainly people have a lot to say about Munster's performance against Ulster
1: Yeah, look, it was good to get all the comments in. Obviously, we can't read them out, but we definitely had a look at them all. And Pat, um, I think, had a good one here. He said the line-out struggled again. Um, We had dominance in the scrum early on, um, but lost it. Buckley hasn't come on uh, as he's hoped and Barron going off was a huge turning point in the game he said months have seemed to lack direction after 20 minutes um, we had pressure at the end but a little bit too lateral and um, not the fastball to the wings like we were playing last year um, Key Piggott sloppy performance but we'll take the away bonus point and move on um, they want and key to saying next week against the Stormers needs to be a marker for the next three months mm. Um uh, so that's a good one as well. And I suppose, Kieran O'Tuma, before we go down the everything shit route, <laughs> um, if half of our um, drop passes is stuck, which is true, it would have been a totally different outcome. Murphy didn't help us either, preventing us getting any rhythm, going um, For going with some ridiculous decisions. Uh, Quinny, what's your, your take on that one? Hmm.
2: It's difficult, I think. Um... You know, I think Frank Frank Ref in these games. It's always a tough job for yeah. him because of where he's from. That that's the first and foremost. It's, they're difficult games, the Derby matches as well. There, there's that little bit more of an edge to them, um, and they're competitive. I thought the breakdown was was a mess for both sides, and um,
0: yeah.
2: I think Munster this time. You know, fra- referees sometimes make mistakes. And they make wrong calls. Um, I don't want to go there this game because mm. I think Monster have known to blame on themselves and we talk yeah. about that. I do think that maybe Frank there's a couple of decisions could have went either way but um, both sets of coaches and, and fans will be you know arguing. It's a tough job for him refereeing into pro derbies um, and uh, look the less that's said about the referee the better from a Monster point of view because I think they need to look at themselves nice. uh, no point in going there. But look, he got decisions wrong for both sides. But I do have, have sympathy for Frank because um it's difficult. Um when you've players roaring and screaming and the competitive nature of it, um, but Munster have got to look at themselves this week, I think. And they they'll be and I look I've said this many times about Graham Roundtree. I think he's always been honest in his appraisal. I like the fact that he came out, he didn't hide away from this, he didn't talk any rubbish about um, you know, small margins, this or that. He said they weren't good enough. He was frustrated. They were inaccurate. Their set piece went to pot. We'll talk about that. Yeah. And I think from an attitude point of view, he'd be disappointed in the attitude of some players there and the fight. I said it last week, um, and I'm not an expert, or I'm not right in what I say all the time, but I felt the simplicity of going away to these kind of places. You've got to roll your sleeves up and mm. be hard and be have an edge. And I think, you know, we'll get into the game more. They just lacked a little bit of that. So, um, I don't think there's a, a need to start, you know, picking and like the one decision that maybe we're going to talk about Rory is the Shane Daly one. We can leave it in a minute or two because... Yeah. Or do you want me to keep Yeah, going? no,
0: I think we should talk about that Shane Daly yellow card because, I mean, like, I've seen people comment online um, interpreting it as um, a yellow card, interpreting it as a red card, and interpreting it as there should be no sanction against Shane Daly. Fiona, what was your view on what happened and what was your view on, on Frank's decision that he arrived at? Look, um, I think that,
1: look, I could be wrong here, but I, I 100% felt... Yes, he he went through the motions, and yes, the way he talked is you think yellow is the right outcome. I think when a player is unconscious you, that's the first thing I suppose the referee is going to look at and anything got to do with, around that head area but for me I just think it was one of those rugby incidents in how he fell into it and um, I, I think a yellow was harsh but a lot of people will disagree with that but just in the heat of moment of the game there was no upright it was the way he felt I just felt it was real um, and they, they use that term rugby incident uh, a lot and I think that's 100% one of those incidents
0: Yeah, McElroy was certainly stumbling forward, when I just want to point point out um, the actions of Jim Barron and Jack Crowley afterwards. Jim Barron recognised immediately that McIlroy wasn't conscious, stood over him and called for attention straight away and then he started to roll over on his side and Jack Crowley said no, not happening so he kept him on his side so I just wanted to point out Barron and Crowley there thought they were magnificent in that situation. But when he, yeah, like?
2: they were and um, I think it's it, it, um, I, I, I felt it's very harsh on Shane Daly. I don't know what he's supposed to do. player runs into him. He's not swinging an arm. He's not... Um, he's running across to trying if he's not there it's uh, you know what, what's he supposed to do um, look these ones people have varying opinions on it I don't think there was any foul play from Shane Daly and I yeah. think it was a very harsh yellow card I don't think it was a penalty it should have went back for the original penalty um, so I think it was a harsh yellow card for me um, thankfully Ethan McElroy was able to get back up on his feet look sometimes we forget the player welfare in, this, in these situations yeah. it was just an unfortunate incident
0: yeah, Ulster confirmed today that uh, Ethan McElroy a concussion, a facial fracture. We wish him a very, very speedy recovery from that. Um, the comments, Fiona, that we were reading, a lot of them touched on the line-out um, and uh, I suppose it had just broken down from Munster across the game. What was your view on it, particularly in the second half when Munster made a couple of changes?
1: Yeah, just look, it wasn't firing. There was a few changes. I suppose you could, there was one incident that really stands out to me as well, which was just the touch of the ball wrong when you, when Tom Ahern, like defensively got up and he got his hand across to, to almost steal that Ulster line out. You know, they went on and scored a try off. That would, that would have been a huge moment in the game. And I suppose we would have been talking how good defensively he'd come into it. Um, the line out has been hit and miss and, you know, a lot of the tweets that came in, it's it's around that hooker area. And I suppose with Barron out, we we don't know if he's going to be out hundred percent, but with concussion and return to play calls, you probably are looking at, at this week, I would imagine. Um and just the depth doesn't seem to be there. And I think we've been saying that with Scan out as well. We've been saying that a lot of Munster supporters for the last couple of years, it's it's an area of the game, hooker, tight head that we just need bigger kind of I suppose more prominent um, guys we saw what Herring done when he came on the bench for for Ulster he just turned that uh, around and you can't blame the young guys in the line out or even the guy thrown it just didn't sink and the slightest thing was off and, and you're giving away possession and you know when it comes to those big games those huge moments are absolutely key
0: Yeah Quinny what was your view on what happened with the line out last Friday?
2: Um. They were sloppy. They were slow on the ground. Um, hesitancy in getting the ball in. Like you're always going to get one or two. Um, you're going to get pressure at this level on your line-out throughout a game. And, you know, you may not... Uh, I think if, if a line-out is stolen off you legitimately and, and um, you know, brilliant defence by the opposition, sometimes you've got to applaud that. But I think Munster were really slow and sluggish in getting the ball into the line-out. Um, Scott Buckley looked um, unsure of himself. I think the line out was quite predictable. I yeah. think um, it just needs to be way sharper. I think, you know, it, it is early season stuff. That's the mitigation here. I think the forwards have got to sort this out themselves. Mm. Um, you know, you can, you, can uh, you know, point the blame at the hooker and, and the line out caller, but everybody's got to be on board in the line out and make sure their lift is right, their movement is quick. Um, and Andy Kirillaku would be furious as the rest of the coaches because it costs you the game essentially. Um, I just think they need to be way better there. And, and, and it's a culmination of lots of different things that needs to be sharper. And it's not as if it's just happened in this game. It's been happening in a couple of games that they're sl- sluggish and they're not winning clean possession. Um, you know, for a team like Munster, whose attack, um, their, their whole dynamic around the way they play the game has changed dramatically in the last 12 months around attack. And if you don't have a lineup working, um, the other disappointing part of the line out, aside from winning it, um, they're going nowhere with them all. They're not yeah. going forward. Right. Um, and it's frustrating to see that. Um, okay, you, you can argue the defense, defensive side are doing a good job, but I think Munster need to be better. Their height is, is they're way too high. They're not dynamic enough. They're not aggressive enough. And I think that summed up the whole performance the other night. Uh, Lack of urgency, lack of aggression. And they'll see that. They'll have seen it yesterday when they went in for the videos. The coaches will have shown them that. Um, And as I said, the head coach came out and and spoke about Mm. that stuff. So they need to be better. They need to learn here, the players, quickly. Because, um, you know, you can... And of course, it's human nature. You can have a game like this where you're just a little bit off it. And maybe the worst thing that happened, Munster, was they started the game well and got two tries and were quite comfortable. You know, Munster didn't have to overextend themselves early. So you need leaders in that situation to just be ruthless. And and, and I think they need to be hard on themselves, you know. Um, it just probably... Was, it, it, there's no probably. It just wasn't good enough on, on Friday night because that was certainly three points that they they left behind them and with that
1: with that mall as well sorry just around that like I've been I've been crying out for a few transfers a a few change in direction and how they're attacking that mall it seems to be the same setup. yes it's going to different areas of the line out but there's no innovativeness around it or they don't they're not changing anything last year they got great yards and we know what a weapon the mall was but like obviously defenders have studied it um, teams are looking at it now, and it's an area. and Ulster were, were the same, you know. Ulster's mall last year was spectacular at times, but it's the defence of malls has gotten better and better. And I just feel like Munster aren't changing up where they're going or the speed at at how they're getting in there when they're doing a mall. It's it's sluggish, it's slow, and um, you know, uh, another thing, Quinny I was thinking, like with O'Donoghue out, O'Mahony, like those leaders in the lineout, is, is there any, you know, are the young guys are, are they are they nervous going in? being the pack leader making those huge calls I know we the hooker as captain but like making those calls it it seems so slow you know on the ground everything is kind of structured and with Jack I thought in the last couple of weeks when he was in there and things were going against them he changed it up he brought you know he went to that simple throw to the front and brought a little bit of speed about it but they didn't seem to do that in the Ulster game at all
2: Yeah I don't always agree with the the just throw to two and you'll because no. once you're trying no I'm not saying that suggesting that that that's all you're staying. Yeah. I think there's more at play here. Like Ulster actually defended the front of the line when Munster tried to hit, hit it towards the front twice and they lost both lineouts. They were stolen. Really good defense from, Munster, from Ulster. But shorten your lineout. The movement mm. is too slow. They're, they're not dynamic enough. Yeah. Players need to learn themselves. When, when I played with Munster, which is a good while ago, um, I remember going on Mondays, Tuesdays and two packs coming together in the Indoor Arena and UL and the competitiveness of the lineouts was just at a level that was out of this world. Now you've a lot of characters there and big lineout internationals, you know, O'Connell, uh, Mick O'Driscoll, Driscoll, really big lineout leaders, you know, really intelligent callers. Um, you know, Paul was obviously at a, a at a, an incredible level, but Miko was a brilliant lineout operator as well. You had Dunneke Ryan, who was learning off those guys, who was superb. Dunneke O'Callaghan, you know, Dunneke won't, won't mind me saying, he just did what he was told in the lineout. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't his forte calling <laughs> lineouts, rattling like that. Um, he'll kill me for saying that. Uh, Dunneke <laughs> loved the fact that I used to be bossing him around and spacings and all that. Um, but you great lineout throwers as well, Frankie, uh, Sheehan, Jerry Flannery. Um, I, I don't want to start naming names because I leave people out hmm. but the competitive nature of the lineouts we did together and they were in our runners on the running track so look I'm sure they're working hard at it yeah. but, and there's a lot of young players there that just need to back rows, second rows back rows and props they're the ones that really need to help the second rows and really be on their game as regards getting their lift not 70% right or 80 or 90 100% right that lift being mm. really powerful, dynamic. And it's the same for defensive lineups. But look, I'm sure they'll address that. It's mm. early season stuff. There's um, still players in there, particularly the two seconders, who have not played at this level on a regular basis for a long period of time. And, you know, playing for your globe in the All-Ireland League is a different level. This is a step up again and it gets more competitive. But look, it's it's an area I'm sure they'll work on. They need to be better this week against the Stormers and try and get a consistency around their lineup. where I think they're 11th or 12th in the league and in line-out success, mm. which is they're down there at the bottom end of their line-out success, which is really disappointing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and just, I suppose, Fiona, just looking back on last weekend's game as well, we talked about like the difference that the multiple players came on and the line struggle as a result. But then when you look at the Ulster bench and the changes they made and the impact they had in the game, that was a big, big difference in, in the game.
1: Yeah, it was a huge difference. They had, I suppose, you know, internationals coming Haring back. and Henderson, so, uh, yes. Yeah, Henderson Herring um, come on. But um, I suppose the one of the best things uh, was the the bench that came on. I mean, at the front row. I mean, how good were they? Like. Wh- our Munster went from having a dominant scrum, uh, dominant scrum, you know, and then just ended up going backwards. And you have to you have to take your hat off to these guys that come in. What's the 23-year-old? Scott Scott Wilson. Wilson yes, our tight head. Or sorry, the Scott Wilson. I mean, he was he was outstanding. You know, Archer is a seasoned scrummager and he was able to really go after them. I'm sure Munster will review it and there might have been a few angles in there, but that's at times. But look, that's the name of the game and I thought he was superb and it just, you know, as as you said Herring even with them if, if it's the other way around if they have Tom Stewart that's coming off the bench they, they just seem to make huge impacts in that front row when they when they come on for, for Ulster and I suppose we just didn't have it in us this, this week um, the bench weren't we, we spoke mm. about it in previous weeks that how good were the bench coming on I, I coached myself and the last couple of weeks I've been saying our bench has been spectacular and it just didn't happen this week but that's I suppose the psychology because you're looking at Ulster and they were getting more and more dominance but then I I suppose right at the end, it could have been a different ball game if Munster got that draw and, and were able to get up the pitch. And I suppose go over the line. Even Josh Witterly getting held up over the line at the 79th minute. That's a, that's a huge moment,
2: you know. That's cal- a, on, on, on that one, um, Fiona, it's a big risk. Yeah. He, he's got to make sure he scores a try there if you're doing that because that, that has to go through the hands. I think it's a mistake for him 100%. to go on his own there. Um, unless you're sure you're scoring it, which you're not always sure, um, but I think it was a risky one that needs to go through the hands. And I think um, you know we we've got to be honest here to the Munster fans that are listening, and not not be insulting to the players either. Because no. look, they will you will hope they will learn from this. We've heard for so many years um, the consistency of Leinster and the stand the word standard. So I think Munster what they experienced last year in the URC winning it. And the ceiling is high for lots of these players. Um, they're really talented. But for me, it's just a no-no that you can't lock out your scrum like that and you get dominant and that you can't get parity. And I, 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 nobody will tell me that that's down to uh, sheer technique or they're, they're the a yeah. better scrum. That's down to attitude and just desire and fight at that particular moment. A cohesiveness, a tightness of the monster Pack. And, you know, it results in Timony getting a winning score for them. So that would be really infuriating for, 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 um, for Andy Kiriakou, for, for Dennis Lee, Roundtree as well, all the coaches and the players themselves. They've got to feel that bit of pain and make sure that, you know, every moment like that. Um, as I said, the lot, it's a bit of a lottery to line out sometimes. Mm. Okay. Mm. But. You want to win matches you've got to lock out that scrum make yeah, sure 100%. Now, to be fair Thomas Ahern goes up and nearly he steals the line but it goes through his hands and <laughs> yeah. knocks it on which led to that scrum so look a bit, a bit unlucky there but I think they were absorbing too much pressure in that whole second half
0: so that is it for part one of the Red 78 to so listen to the full episode where we talk about our star of the week we build up to the grand final rematch with the Stormers at Toman Park we pay tribute to the retiring Andrew Conway and more as well become an Off The Ball member check out com forward slash join for all the details you can become a member on the Off The Ball app Apple, Spotify, or YouTube for 999
2: a month. The red seventy eight. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot.